following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan on the Huge Show. Thanks for joining us. I am not the Huge One. This is Jeff Risden sitting in. Bill, uh, I don't know what Bill's doing today. Probably golfing. It's a beautiful day outside. Wonderful, wonderful fall afternoon here in, in Michigan. Uh, so I, I appreciate him inviting me in to take over uh, for a day uh, from the first hour. Thanks again to Anthony Broom from the, the Wolverine Network on three uh, for talking about Michigan. Uh, and we did talk some football, actually, instead of just uh, also talking about uh, the, the Michigan scandal that's going on. We're going to be joined now by one of my good friends uh, who is going to talk some NFL with us. Uh, we're going to shift it back to the NFL, and that's going to be our focus for, for a while now. Uh, the Lions and the general NFL, my good friend, Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us. Mark, it is great to talk to you live on the air. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, Jeff. Uh, it's great to hear your voice again. It's great to talk to you rather than just chat with you in the group chats or the DMs or the text. But how, how many group DMs here? are we in? Like eight? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. It, 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 and it seems like the number keeps going up. It's so, you know, that's that's what we do. It's, uh, it's we fun how fun. Twitter has, like, gone more, like, private like that. Like, uh, it, we don't actually really tweet has. much publicly anymore. We, we have conversations behind the scenes. That's about all we do anymore. That's about all we do on Twitter, but it's fun. And, you know, and for people that are wondering what are the Twitter group chats like, they're basically like what you're about to hear. We basically talk <laughs> ball. We just do it behind scenes these days. A hundred percent. So let's, let's bring that to the forefront. Then you watched the Detroit lions and the Baltimore Ravens. It did not go well for Detroit. I just want to get your basic semblance of, was that a one off or was that something that lions fans should be worried about? I think it was, let's put it this way, Jeff. I think it was a one off with the potential to be something bigger. And what I mean by that is, you know, we get often so caught up in, and again, we do it in the group chats of, oh, this was a bad quarterback game. This is a bad quarterback. This is a good quarterback, things like that. I really think the story of that game Sunday was Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. When we get to, say, January and we start hearing what offensive and defensive coordinators are getting head coaching interviews or getting those head coaching looks, and you hear Mike McDonald's name, think about this game because he did such a very good job at sort of not confusing Jared Goff per se, but sort of stressing him from a decision-making standpoint. There were moments when, you know, the, the, the Lions would use motion. You see a defender trail it. You're thinking it's man coverage, but they drop to zone. And you've got to then, as Jared Goff, as a quarterback, reset your expectations. It's not so much that it confuses you, but it makes you hold the ball just a little bit longer. And he ended up, getting sacked on one play like that in particular. 
Mike McDonald does a great job with simulated pressures. There was another play, the the sack off the edge, where you have a, a nickel corner with a free run at Jared Goff over the left tackle. And it's because he's asked, Mike McDonald did, two defensive tackles to bluff a rush, take one or two steps. One of them even made sure to pat an offensive guard on the shoulder pad. And then they drop off into coverage. So you end up with two linemen blocking air and an unblocked free runner at the quarterback. You get a sack. Mike McDonald was in his bag on Sunday. And so I think for the most part, this is a one-off because they do, the Ravens do, so much in that simulated pressure realm. So much with what they can do in the secondary and disguise and mask coverage. And so I think sitting here right now, it's a one-off. But I also think there's that potential, right? We know, Jeff, this is a copycat league. Other defensive coordinators are going to look at that and think, hmm, when we play Detroit later this season, what should we do? We should try some things like that. And so the issue will become now for Ben Johnson, who is a tremendous offensive coordinator. Okay, now we've seen what teams are probably going to try to do against us in the days and weeks and months to come. This is what we need to do in response. This is what we need to be ready for. And so sitting here right now, I believe it's a one-off. But if you continue to see teams throw these looks at Jared Goff and the Lions offense and the Lions offense struggle against them, that's when you have the potential for it to become something bigger. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Mark. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I, I I don't think that everybody else has the horses on defense to do what the Ravens did. I, th- I yeah. think, look, as great as the Ravens are, and make no mistake, that's a, that's a team that can win the AFC this year. They're largely anonymous outside of of the general, you know, Baltimore DC DMV area, which, by the way, happens to be where you live. Um, and I, I'm sure that people there are fairly excited about what's going on with Baltimore. But not every team has, you know, uh, Kyle Hamilton. Not every team has Roquan right. Smith or, right. and, and Patrick Queen and, and Jadavian Clowney playing the best football he's ever played. Uh, that, that's and that's a difference. You look at this Lions schedule going forward, and you know, before this game. You looked at Detroit's schedule, and from where I sat, I thought, okay, this Ravens game, this Cowboys game, those are the two games left on their schedule where I think, yeah, they'll probably be underdogs and it might be tough for them to win. You look at the other teams on this schedule, I don't think they have defenses like those two teams. I don't think they have the players like the Ravens do. I don't think they have the players like Micah Parsons and the Cowboys do. So I think that when you also take that into context, it'll be hard to see some of these other teams replicating the Baltimore did. Now, again, that Cowboys game at the end of the season, you might see something similar. Now you hope that Ben Johnson and company are ready for it. But the rest of the schedule, I don't think they've got the players on defense to do what Baltimore did. Totally with you on that, Mark. Um, let me ask you about the other side of the ball for Detroit because uh, the Ravens' offense also had its way with Detroit. And in general, the Lions' defense has been playing very well. Um, I'll sort of ask you the same question. like, Is this a one-off performance from Aaron Glenn's defense, or is this something that other offenses that don't have Lamar Jackson and don't have the, the line that uh, the Baltimore has, is that something they can replicate against Detroit? Yeah, I think you sort of answered the question. I there. did, didn't I? How many, how many offenses have Lamar Jackson? And I think that's where this starts. I mean, you think about the Aguilar touchdown. When you have to cover eight seconds into a Good play, Lord. you're going to lose as a defense. I mean, plain and simple. When you can give a quarterback eight seconds or a quarterback can you know take five seconds because of the offensive line and tack on another three because he's Lamar Jackson – it's going to make life tough for you as a defense. And now I know Aaron Glenn tried to sort of keep him in the pocket. There were times where the rush lanes were such that they were trying to sort of 
keep him within the confines of the pocket. But one of the things that Jackson has become so good at, and I don't think he gets enough credit for, is the subtle pocket movement. There was a play earlier in that game where they're trying to flood concept to the left side and it's covered, and he's just sort of using his feet to create a little space, looking more like a boxer than a quarterback that's running around back there, gets to the backside curl route and moves the chains. That subtle pocket movement has been a big growth in his game. And when you start thinking again, get into that schedule, get into some of the quarterbacks they're going to play again. You know, maybe Justin Fields, Tyson Bajant later in the season, Jordan Love again. Like, you don't see too many quarterbacks left on their schedule that can do the kind of things that Lamar Jackson does. You don't see too many offensive lines left on this schedule that can give their quarterback, even if it's not a super athletic one like Lamar Jackson, that kind of time in the pocket. So I think really this was a perfect storm of, you know, Lamar Jackson playing at an extremely high level, very good offensive line. As we talked about when the Lions had the ball, a defensive coordinator was dialing some stuff up with the talent that he has. And you come back to that schedule. Again, schedule is a big thing. Our good friend Kyle Krabs reminds us that all the time when it comes to the Steelers. Yes, he does. You look at the schedule coming down the pike for the Detroit Lions, and yeah, there's one or two games here that look to be troublesome. The rest of it, it doesn't worry me too much. Talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation, uh, who also does F1 coverage, which I know absolutely nothing about. But I I appreciate you uh, branching off from not just being a football guy. Uh, and your your passion for the F one, I got to say, it's infectious. I'm I'm tempted to tune into a race, but I haven't been able to do that yet. Um, so for the F one fans out there, give me like the lead story on what's going on in the F one world right now. Well, it's it's rather fortuitous because you know we're chatting here on Tuesday afternoon. I just got done interviewing Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren F one Racing. Uh, for those of you that are F1 fans, you know who he is. If you draft or survive, you know who he is. Um, McLaren right now is perhaps the big story because this is a team that was sixth place back in June. They had just 17 points on the season. Things were looking troublesome for them. They've rocketed up to fourth. And really, since that time, only Red Bull, Max Verstappen, and Checo Perez have been better. Obviously, the big storyline, though, for those of us here in the States when it comes to F1, Vegas. Saturday night, November, the Saturday night before Thanksgiving, they are closing down the strip to run an F1 race on the Vegas strip that has a start time locally of, I believe, 10 p.m. So it's 1 p.m. East Coast time. But can you imagine being on the Vegas strip? Casinos of Jeff, they're selling like $10 million packages to get a room to oversee the race. So the drivers are excited about it. Zach Brown, when I talked to him today, he was excited about it. When I interviewed Lando Norris back in April, he was saying, you know, the drivers were all excited about it. So that's going to be an absolute spectacle in November. Wow. That sounds fantastic. I I might actually tune into that. I'm, I'm morbidly curious how that's going to go. That's, that's kind of cool. Did not know that. Let's get back to football. People, people wanted to talk about football. We watched a Monday Night Football game last night where the San Francisco 49ers looked very mortal and Kirk Cousins, Holland's own, I'll give West Michigan a shout out there, had a fantastic game against what's supposedly the best defense in the NFL. They haven't really looked like that in the last couple weeks. Is is the 49ers house of cards collapsing or do they just need a couple more aces thrown in there? I don't want to say the house of cards is collapsing because I think when you still look at their roster, they're a very good football team on both sides of the ball. They're talented on both sides of the ball. 
But we've seen this with some of the like McVay, Shanahan coaching tree, McDaniel even last year, where you get off to a very good start. You're doing some things offensively. The defenses are sort of struggling to figure out. You think McDaniel in that cheap burst motion earlier in the year, defenses are starting to catch up to it now. You know, defensive coordinators aren't going to just say, oh, I, I don't know what to do with this and throw up their hands and say, I, I guess we'll have better luck next week. They're starting to figure out some answers. And so now, as we've seen with these teams in the past, they've sometimes struggled to have that counterpunch, that response to what defenses are doing. I think that's the process offensively that the Niners are working through right now. I think Kirk Cousins had a very good game. This is still a very talented defense. He had a very successful night of throwing off play action, which is something that he's shown he's capable of doing throughout his NFL career. And what's fascinating about this game is now you wonder, okay, I mean, I wrote it myself, Vikings, they should be sellers. Like It's time to accept where you are right now and get what you can. And your sort of competitive rebuild, it's not working, let's be serious. You know, now they're in a position where, you know what, Mark, you were kind of wrong about that. We can still stick around. And when you look at the bigger NFC picture, yeah, maybe you might say, okay, well, the division's probably out of reach yet. Maybe. The division's but out of reach, Mark. It's out of reach. They're not catching Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> they're not catching Detroit, right? But as the playoffs ended right now, Tampa Bay's the 17th, right? You can catch Tampa Bay. You can get in. Absolutely. You just need to get in and get, give yourself that puncher's chance. You get Jefferson 100% for the stretch drive. This is a team that, given what we saw last night, would be perhaps that proverbial team nobody wants to play come January, maybe. By the way, they won that game last night without Justin Jefferson, their best yep. player. Uh, they did that against the San Francisco team that was coming in. You know, in the end of that game, too. And so you think about getting them back healthy for a stretch run, could be a very dangerous team to see. Yeah, they're not catching the Lions, though. The, they they yeah. both have very weak schedules, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they both wound up in the postseason. I think that's what last night showed, was that Minnesota, they're not, they're not going to be that easy out that uh, a lot of us in Lions land wanted them to be. Um, let, let me So we, we talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit. Jared Goff, so Lions fans have gone with the gamut of emotions in the last week on Jared Goff. From like, oh, he should be the MVP. Why are people not discussing him as the MVP? And I, I wrote that, that he should be in consideration for it. And now everybody's like, why on earth would we give that guy a, a, a contract extension after what we saw him do in Baltimore? Uh, is there a happy medium there? Or is, 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 again, are we judging too much from the Jared Goff that we saw in Baltimore? Or were we fluffing up, up a little bit too much because of what we saw him doing in Ben Johnson's offense earlier in the year? You know, I think it's a happy medium trended more towards the side of this is a quarterback flip still playing at a high level. And like you, I was saying on our SB Nation Monday Football Monday show the past couple of weeks, Jared Goff should be in the MVP conversation. I, I, I still believe that even after that game we saw against the Ravens. I think he is playing the position at a high level. And I know the, the conversation about Jared Goff is often, well, you know, he's a paint-by-numbers quarterback. He's, you know, a process-driven quarterback. Like, he's a, a baker versus a chef, whatever sort of analogy you want to use. <laughs> I like that one. Yes, he does one. that. And I, I, that was the baker chef was me, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, chefs, you know, you get a, a recipe that calls for half a tablespoon of something, you throw the whole tablespoon in, right? It's not going to really mess things up. But if you do that when you're baking, it's going to really mess things up. So you have to go step by step by step. Goff might be more that baker type of quarterback where, you know, he's going from one to two to three and doesn't really 
take some different decisions or go off script as much as other quarterbacks, but he still does it at a very good level, and he's in an offense under Ben Johnson, which expands the sort of map for him and allows him to challenge down the field or at all levels of the field. And so I think he's playing at a high level because of the success of this team. We know MVP's a quarterback-driven award. He's got to be in that conversation, again, given their schedule, given how we envision the rest of their season playing out. Now, in that scenario, in that world where the Ravens game isn't a one-off and you start seeing teams, even the ones that don't have the talent the Ravens do, fluster him a bit, force some turnovers, they, they lose a couple of games that they probably should win, and then, yeah, he probably falls out of that MVP conversation. But look around the rest of the NFL. Again, for those that don't know, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I would love to have Jared Goff right now, okay? <laughs> so it's always a matter of perspective when it comes to being a fan. We live and die with our teams. I get it. I understand it. You go from a game like Tampa Bay to a game like Baltimore, and you run the gamut of emotions. But take a step back, look at the rest of the league, look at the rest of the division if you're a Lions fan. Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. 100% agree on that. So I got to ask, how did it feel Sunday watching the Bills go down to your Patriots? Because that was that knocked out a whole lot of people in Survivor Pools this weekend. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I was very conflicted watching this game, Jeff. Of course, there's the part of you that like, look, it's the, the, the Bills. It's a rival. You're, you're making, you know, WGR and ESPN Rochester, two stations I love going on during Bills Patriots week. You're giving them some content because they're going to be sort of upset by it. But now I'm knocked out of my survivor pool. Now I'm wondering, oh my, is this the kind of performance that when we get to April, it's going to convince Kraft and Belichick that we'll give Mac Jones one more year and maybe we'll sign Gardner Minshew as our plan B instead of perhaps drafting a quarterback? So I was working through some mixed emotions, but at the, at the basic core of it, you get a division win against a rival and you put a rival's fan base into a bit of heartache and heartburn come Monday morning. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll pay for it down the road with some decisions they can make as a result of it, but it was still fun to see. Wow. You just, that sentence that you said there in the middle about, you know, will they give Mac Jones another year? Will they go to Gardner Minshew? I think that's good context for the Detroit lions fans in, do you extend your golf or do you take your chances with, you know, a, uh, Hendon Hooker, who hasn't played at all yet, or the Gardner Minshews of the world. And I think that's that's an important context. I'm glad you brought that up that way because, uh, by the way, yeah, Josh, I mean, what, what's wrong with Josh Allen, man? You, you were, you were a, a collegiate quarterback uh, yourself. Tell me what's going on with Josh Allen because it's not looking great right now. It's very much the conversation that we had about Josh Allen doubted Mobile during his senior bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen is an extremely talented quarterback. He's played at times like one of the top five, four, three, two quarterbacks in the NFL. But at his core, he is at times the player we saw at Wyoming where I have to fix everything with my rocket right arm and my athletic talent to throw on the move. And there are moments when every solution, every problem can be solved by that ridiculous deep throw or that throw into coverage or vacating the pocket and rolling out to the right. You know, when he had that sort of nightmarish start to the season where he threw three interceptions in a game where they should have won because Aaron Rodgers was sidelined on the fourth plane. You've now got Zach Wilson. 
It reminded me of that movie, Tin Cup. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah. The golf movie. Kevin Costner just trying to rip that wood shot on the final hole of the U.S. Open rather than laying it up and playing it a little bit safe. Sometimes you got to hit the layups as a quarterback. Now, the problem with somebody like, you know, it's a similar conversation with Jordan Love, but the problem with Josh Allen is he's got that ability to make that spectacular shot, make that spectacular throw. How much do you want to rein him in? But what we're seeing right now is a quarterback that is trying to do too much with his arm. That first interception where, you know, Pepper sort of came off and underneath zone coverage, you know, that's not a decision you expect him to make, but he's there thinking, I don't care if he peels off on the underneath curl route. I can fit this throw in, and he can't. Sometimes you just got to take the layups. It's tough for a quarterback like Josh Allen of his talent, but with the, what we're seeing right now from him in this offense, that's what he's going to do. That's that's not good news for Buffalo because their defense, the way that they're the injuries have hit and everything, that's yeah. that, that, that's tough, man. Um, talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation, uh, so I want to get your so obviously the big news here in Michigan is that there is some sign stealing going on with the Michigan Wolverines football program. I want to know you live in the Metro DC area. Has that made any ripple at all in the news cycle there? Somewhat of a ripple in the news cycle. I mean, obviously, look, as you said, I live in the D.C. area, so our news cycles are a little bit different um, <laughs> than perhaps the, the rest of the country. Um, it's, it's made its way into the news cycle here, sort of a – what because this is as strange as it sounds. Yes, we have College Park, Maryland. is 20 minutes from where I live. We are now technically Big Ten country. I think – the fact that we now have a, we, another thing we talked about in the group chat, we now have people pouring through Venmo payment history and trying yes. to read into what's a t-shirt. What There's a whole t-shirt. lot of t-shirt reimbursement, my friend. A whole lot of t-shirt reimbursement. I mean, that tells you that this story is getting bigger by the day and God bless college football. I mean, you know, we used to track planes. We used to track tail numbers to try to figure out coaching hires and recruited movement. Now we're going through the Venmo payment history. I just wondered, Jeff, what's next for college football to find? Like, are people going to start going into somebody's Spotify playlist and, and try to piece together where they might be signing based on what songs they're listening to? I don't know, but college if Sweet Home Alabama comes like, up on your playlist, and yeah, you're suspicious. You know exactly where somebody's going to sign, right? <laughs> Oh boy! Wow, that's uh, that's something else, man. So I, I got to ask you: the, uh, we are NFL draft picks. That's actually how we became friends. Very quick, um, like five word answer: Drake May or Caleb Williams? Ask me in November or April. <laughs> like, like, don't ask me now. That I mean, I let's put it this way: I could. The door was open for Drake May or like you know, establish himself as, okay, maybe this guy really is QB1. And then he tripped in the doorway and yes, lost to Virginia. And so now you start wondering, are we living in a world where somebody else comes through? If Michael Penix keeps playing the way he's playing? J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy. Oh, that touchdown throw he had Saturday night where he hit Woo. that post route come up. I could hear it. And again, friends, I'm in the D.C. area. I could hear the velocity on that throw. <laughs> I think McCarthy has burst into the sort of first-round discussion. And not just the, oh, he's a guy that a team's going to take at the end of the first round to get that fifth-year option, but like the early first-round discussion. It's a good year to need a quarterback, isn't it? 
It absolutely is. I mean, there's, you know, Quinny Ewers. I mean, this is a very good year to need a quarterback. We're going to have to leave it at that because, uh, unfortunately, we have more show to do and we got to take a break. So, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, thanks, bud, for joining me, and I will talk to you in the DMs shortly, I'm sure. Looking forward to it already, my friend. Have a great rest of the show, buddy. All right. Mark Schofield from SB Nation there. Love talking ball with him. He's one of my, one of my favorite guys uh, and uh, graciously joined us for a little bit. Uh, here on The Huge Show. Again, this is Jeff Rustin sitting in for The Huge One today. Um, hopefully you're enjoying the, the weather outside. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, when we come back, we're going to do the weather report because uh, those of you who know me know I live for the weather. So uh, enjoy these messages and we'll be back. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Holiday deals are here at Meyer. Don't miss out. Right now, you'll find half-price deals on some of your favorite brands. Hurry in and get 50% off Columbia women's outerwear and apparel. 50% off select kids' activewear. 50% off London Fog Throws. And 50% off Edgar and Ash Young Men's Apparel. Plus, don't miss buy one, get one for a dollar select Yankee Candle Large Jars. Shop Meyer now for super savings. These deals won't last. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, Make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Ladies, let's go see some men. The show, Friday, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Come meet the men of your wicked dreams for an affordable night of laughs. And maybe some mischief. Oh my. The boys are back in town. Tickets for 18 plus, just $25. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Sexy costume. Hot dance moves. Your sensational night of fun returns. Hugs. The show, November 17th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Oh my. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show across Michigan. Jeff Rusin from Lions Wire and Draft Wire sitting in for Huge today. 
I'd like to thank Mark Schofield from SB Nation, just dropping a ton of knowledge on on the Lions, on the NFL, um, even on a little bit of F1, which was an unexpected detour that we took. But uh, I know there's a lot of F1 fans out there, uh, so I hope you appreciated that. Uh, I am not one. I'm, I'm just... Uh, I'm not against it. I'm more ignorant of it. It's just not something that ever came up uh, in, in my sporting viewing. Um, you're much more likely to find me watching some college volleyball. Uh, and I watch a whole lot of that. Uh, the Risen household is is an avid. We have the Big Ten Network on just about every night. The, by the way, if you don't follow college volleyball at all, there was a fantastic match this past weekend between Nebraska and Wisconsin, number one against number two. Both teams were 18-0, went five sets. Uh, Nebraska actually pulled off the upset uh, phenomenal volleyball. There's some great women's volleyball going on in the Big Ten. Um, not so much in the state of Michigan. Michigan's not having a good year. Michigan State, their best player is now playing for Wisconsin, so they're they're down a little bit. But uh, it, it's it's a great year to watch some college volleyball. There's some fantastic volleyball being going on. But at the end of the segment, when we talked with my my good friend Mark Schofield, I promised that I would talk a little bit about the weather. So for those of you who haven't listened to me before. I do this every time I'm on. Um, when I used to sit in these in this studio um, back back in the day when it was Big Drew and Jim in here, um, I came in every Friday during football season. And one of the things that they let me do was they graciously let me read the weather. When I went to college, I went to Ohio University down in Athens, Ohio. Go Bobcats! With the intention of becoming a TV weatherman, and my dreams were shattered because physics and chemistry were a little bit out of my pay grade to pass. Uh, I do have a minor in climatology, if that means anything, um, and it doesn't in the paycheck department, let me tell you that much. But we are having unseasonably warm weather. The normal high temperature for today is 59 degrees. Right now, let me look at the phone. It is 72 degrees here in downtown Grand Rapids. This is likely to be, as I talked about at the end of the last hour, likely to be the last 70-degree day we get until the 1st of April, right around there. So please get out and enjoy it. It's going to be a great weekend for those of you who are, are in, in the, foot, the high school football playoffs. Great time to get out and watch. Uh, might be some rain on Saturday, but it's going to be warm. It's not going to be, I'll tell you what, two weekends ago, uh, I sat out in, uh, my, my, I'm a Zealander, um, Hollander. My kids go to Zealand East. We watch Zealand East play uh, Muskegon's Reese Puffer. Both those teams are in the postseason, by the way. And it was 35 degrees with a 30-mile-an-hour wind and raining at times quite hard. Uh, this weekend won't be like that. So if you're out there uh, and, and your high school football team is, is good enough to be in the postseason and, and fortunate enough to, to, to still be playing, good night to go see it. If you're coming to the Zealand East to Zealand West game, for the very limited audience of you that are listening on, on uh, 997 uh, WHCC in Holland, I will be uh, manning the grill for the concessions, so uh, come by, stay high. Uh, I'm the tall guy with. Uh, I'll be wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers hat because that's what I do. But uh, yeah, great, great. Uh, enjoy the weather, folks, because it's not going to be like this again. Halloween for those of you trick or getting ready for your your trick or treating in the costumes. Uh, that's that's next Tuesday. Producer Brett, can you believe that Halloween is is a week away? Like less, I, I it dawned on me like, holy crap, where would this come from? It, it, October cannot be over yet. But uh, we're getting close to it. It's gonna be, anyways. It's gonna be a crappy day to be trick or treating. So if your costume is like you know caveman, maybe put on some fur um, instead of just wearing the loincloth because it's gonna be cold and probably wet and probably windy and not a very pleasant time. Um, it's it's it. Look, we all know it. 
I grew up in northern Ohio. Um, I'm from the Cedar Point area, to, to make it simple. Um, grew up trick-or-treating, wearing costumes that fit over a coat or a couple of hoodies and, and long pants and things like that. Uh, that's probably the way you're going to have to go this year. Uh, it was wild. Um, my family and I moved to Houston, Texas for a few years when my kids were little. And Halloween down there, the high temp's still in the mid-80s. And you go trick-or-treating, and if you're wearing like anything that's more than one layer, you're sweating your butt off, man. Like It's, it's brutal. Uh, so uh, the, the culture change there, uh, it, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll want to bundle up for that. Um, enough about the weather. You all don't want to talk here talking about the weather. You want to hear talk about the Lions. Yeah, good football team. Still a good football team. Stop freaking out. Stop. The sky is not falling. Good football team. They got the Raiders this week. Monday night football. One of the things that they're going to be doing on Monday night, they're debuting the blue alternate helmets. I love the blue alternate helmets. And I, I, I've been fortunate enough to see them in person. I have held one in my hand. If you were out at training camp this summer, you saw them. They had a giant one. Uh, they didn't actually wear it in practice. They wore it in practice, I believe it was Friday for the first time. But the, it looks better in person than it does um, seeing pictures of it or seeing it you know, on TV. It really does. It, it's captivating. It's beautiful. Um, they're going to be wearing it with the, <laughs> the, the color rush uniforms, the grays. Don't like the gray. I love the gray jerseys, quite frankly. I, I do. I wish they would be a little bit more silver. But those gray pants, man, they got to go. Enough of the gray pants. Put something on and put a lion on the thigh or something. Uh, they, they've done a very good job. Look, I love I love the dress whites that they wear. Um, those have been phenomenal. They're very well received by the fans. The white on white on white. This time you're getting the blue helmets. Man, if they wore the blue helmets with the whites, oh, that'd be beautiful. Oh, baby steps. We're getting there. By the way, new uniforms could come as early as next year. We haven't had a chance to talk to Rod Wood about that, the team president. Uh, that's sort of where he – that's about as deep as his fingernails get into the actual on-field product um, is choosing the uniforms and things like that, doing surveys, things like that. But uh, he has nothing to do with the trade deadline or anything like that. Oh, trade deadline, Halloween. How could I forget? Oh, my gosh, I'm lapsing into my duties here. The NFL trade deadline – is 4 p.m. on Halloween. So before your kids go out trick-or-treating, before you go trick-or-treating, wear a costume. And Hey, if you're 55 years old and you come to my door and you're wearing a costume, you're getting candy. Trade deadline is coming up. Everybody wants to know, what are the Lions going to do? Who are they going to Are they going to get Derrick Henry? Are they going to get Chase Young? Are they going to... I really don't see it, folks. Don't see them making any moves one way or the other. Look, it's fun to speculate. It's a lot of fun to talk about what could happen if Chase Young joined this defense, if Derrick Henry came in and joined the offense. You know, Jerry Judy, although he's very much shown not to be a Dan Campbell type of guy. He is not cut from the Lions cloth. Um, they're very well aware of that. So I, I don't see that happening. I don't see them making a big move. I don't. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people are, you know, you want you want that that one signature move that can put you over the top. There's a couple of reasons why I don't think they're going to do that. Number one, I think they believe they've got enough right now that they don't need to bring that in. They might not be right about that. I, I would question that they're not right about, but they believe that. 
This is a team that drafted a first-round running back. They have David Montgomery, who was one of the five best rushers in the league before he got injured, and he'll be back perhaps as soon as Monday. If not, there's a bye week then, and then they'll be... They're not going to trade whatever Tennessee is going to be trying to extort for the $10 million left on Derrick Henry's contract. He's a free agent at the end of the year. That's just not something that they're going to do. Maybe because the depth is a little bit shaky, they'll make a move for a guy like Dearness Johnson out of Jacksonville, uh, you know, third, fourth stringer um, from, from some random team. But they're, 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 the guys that they want – They've got them already. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna go out and get somebody that's going to play over guys who have been here all summer. That's just not what this team's gonna do. Chase Young again. Would he look great across from Aiden Hutchinson? Heck yeah! Oh my goodness, uh, a healthy Chase Young. And by the way, he's playing pretty darn good football this year. But now you're looking at okay, what are we gonna give up to get him? And he's gonna play over Josh Pascal or John Kaminsky. Um, guys that have played pretty good football. Now, they didn't have a very good day in Baltimore, but in general, those guys have been pretty solid players. The, the Lions are happy with what they've got. They think they have enough. Again, they might be mistaken on that, but they're going to they're gonna ride with what they got. Uh, I, I, I really don't see it. And, and when I've talked to, to agents, when I've talked to, to people who cover other teams, they're not hearing anything about Detroit, like at all, like not buying, not selling, um, it's just not something that I think you're going to see them do. So it, it should be a quiet day. Um, we did. So as the managing editor of the Lions Wire, one of the things that we do with USA Today with our wire sites is we get things where we all have to contribute as individual editors from all 32 teams. And this week's question, and I published this this morning at Lions Wire. Um, it's on all the other wire sites as well. Was we were asked what one player could your team most likely give up? And this was a difficult question because I don't think the Lions are looking to sell either. Remember last year, TJ Hawkinson went at the trade deadline. They don't have anybody in that situation right now. And this was tough. Uh, it was tough for me to come up with one, honestly, because I don't think that they're they're looking to sell either. I think they're 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 good with what they got, and they, don't, they just don't have any superfluous players with all the injuries. I chose Rodrigo. And I'll say it right now, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think that they're looking to move him. But as I had to write, because we we do have to participate and we can't just write nothing, he is the most likely player to go of anybody that another team might want. Um, Obviously, it would be great if somebody gave them something for Will Harris. If you think the player sucks and he's exploited the way that he was in games repeatedly, ain't nobody else going to trade for him either. Don't you you think they don't watch film? You think they see that? Like, that's not going to happen. Rodrigo has some value. This is a guy who's he's played one defensive snap and parenthetically two fullback snaps in the last three weeks. He's played specifically only on special teams when the linebacking core is healthy. Again, I don't think that they're looking to move him. I don't think that he's like fallen out of favor or anything. He's just not as good as Derek Barnes or Alex Anzalone or Jack Campbell playing linebacker. The Lions play two linebackers roughly 88% of the time on defense. And when they play a third, it's in a pass rushing role. Uh, that's not what Rodrigo does at all. So he, he's, he's depth. If somebody wants to give them fifth round pick for Rodrigo or, or one of the, so as trades go these days, we'll send you Rodrigo in a sixth round pick and you, you give us back a fifth. That's, that's how they do it. 
Maybe that happens, but I, I really don't see that happening. So I think it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline. I, I hate to you know step on the the enthusiasm of everybody who's got all these visions of grandeur in their head, but you know, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to make these moves because I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're – look, will the phone ring? Yes. Will Brad Holmes listen? Yes. Will he maybe call other teams about available players? Probably. That's his job. I expect him to do his job. I don't expect any landmark moves that's going to move anybody's pulse or make the team better or worse in any way. It's just just not how they're going to roll. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, yeah. When we come back, look, we, we've, we've killed two hours already almost. When we come back, we're going to do a, a fun thing. The Piston season's kicking off tomorrow night. Um, after a little bit of a break, we're going to talk to Keith Langlois and, and talk some Pistons, but we'll also get back into some Lions as well. So uh, thanks for joining me. This is Jeff Risen on The Huge Show. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. No one cares what you've been through. No one cares about your hopes, your dreams, your desire to make a difference in this world. Guess what? That isn't true. Law enforcement cares. That's why people join the force. Maybe they came from a world where those things are true. Maybe they didn't. But here's something they have in common. They do care. Maybe you should consider being around people who truly care about you. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and start the conversation. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to theurbanu.com to find out more. That's theurbanu.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss, and you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m., and two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for pumpkin coin toss, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Jeff Riston back on the huge show, uh, filling in for Bill today. And I very nearly um, had to go on injured reserve here, trying to sit in his chair. So a little logistical update. When we do this show, normally I'm standing over there and I'm gesturing to my right. Instead of sitting at the big board where Bill is. And Bill does this show standing up. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Bill sit down. So I attempted to sit in his chair here and darn near got swallowed and thrown backwards. This is like this is a pretty nice chair, but he has just abused it so much that like I like the back is like perpendicular parallel with the floor. I don't I, I don't know how this happened, but I darn near darn near tore some things in my body that I don't want to tear. I'm getting too old for this. I, like I'm a lot taller than Bill, and maybe maybe that's my issue there. But my goodness, uh, now I see why he does the show standing up all the time. <laughs> When we come back, we're going to talk Pistons. Uh, NBA season starts tomorrow night with Keith Langley from Pistons.com on The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge.